0: Have you ever wondered why even the most Web3 friendly companies still rely primarily on traditional payment methods to generate revenue? Join me today while we unravel the balancing act of building a business while still embracing the future of blockchain. I'll even preview a suite of tools that I'll be featuring on future episodes. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So, as the intro implied, those of us that are building and embracing Web 3.0 technology also still have our foot in the old way of doing things. It is very hard to truly embrace 100% Web 3.0 even with this podcast, I do heavily rely on platforms such as X to get feedback and communicate with you. So I'd greatly appreciate it if you just screenshot this episode, tag me in it at Tropic Vibes and share some of your thoughts. I would love to meet you and hear what you're interested in. So as I said, a lot of companies that say they are Web3 centric, they are bullish on the future of the blockchain, they still are offering their payments with credit cards, debit cards, ACH, PayPal, you name it and even me, the vast majority of things that I sell online are with people paying via credit card. So how is this so? Well, first and foremost, the people that fully embrace Web3, the crypto natives, if you will, we absolutely hate to spend our crypto, especially when things are going up for the most part like it is right now, and we think we are heading into a bull market. I'll give you an example. Just this week, I saw a piece of art that I absolutely loved, I wanted it. It was reasonable at 0.02 ETH, And I was just waiting for the gas prices to fall so that I could get it without burning through ETH. But the gas, even during the middle of the night when the network was not busy, was very expensive. I think it has to do with how the contract was written and it's on mainnet ETH. And in total, it was like 0.035 ETH or something like that, which really isn't breaking the bank. But remember, I said this is a 0.02 ETH piece of art and that amount of gas just seemed excessive. Now, let's step back and put this into perspective. In terms of dollar, this is about $110. If you asked me, would I buy a piece of art for $110, I would quickly say yes. However, when it came to paying gas and getting this particular NFT, it seemed extremely heavy. So I stepped back and I said, you know, if I saw this on Instagram and this was some sort of Web2 artist that had nothing to do with crypto and they had this thing for sale for $250, let's say, would I buy it? And I'd say probably yes, as long as it was in my budget and I really liked it as much as I liked this thing, I would spend the money on it. So why was I hesitant to buy this when it's technically less than half the price of what I said I would be willing to pay for it? It all comes down to the fact that I didn't want to spend the crypto. So there was that psychological battle of me trying to hold on to my crypto and at the same time wanting this piece of art. It really resonated with me and I wanted to collect it. And the logical me said, hey, just take the fiat, get some more crypto, and whatever you're spending on this, just look at it as a dollar purchase and not a crypto purchase. But at the same time I was having that internal battle saying, well, technically that doesn't work because you could take that same cash and just buy the crypto and have it sitting there appreciating value. So it doesn't matter what kind of mind games you're playing with yourself, the way you're wording this, you're still spending your crypto heading into a bull market. And I wrestled with it back and forth. Should I buy it? Should I hold the crypto? But in the end, I really liked it. And at the same time, too, I really liked the artist. So in the end, I ended up making the purchase. Now, let's step back and look at the bigger picture. I'm someone who is obviously down this rabbit hole already. I've already went up the steep hill, that learning curve to get my wallet, get the crypto and all these different things, understanding exactly what I'm purchasing and so forth. Yet, when it came time to make the purchase, there were just mental blocks, not wanting to part ways with the ETH. Now, let's go to the other side. Let's say this was a person who doesn't really value the crypto, doesn't really value holding ETH. This would be more so the Web2 audience that we're trying to onboard in the space. Let's just say that same person came over from Instagram, saw this particular art, was really in love with it, wanted to make that purchase for $110. To them, seems like a bargain, no problem. Absolutely, let's go. Now, explaining to them that this is a digital thing, it's priced in cryptocurrencies, you're going to need a wallet, and all these different things Makes it very difficult to onboard them And have them appreciate the thing What seemed like great art That they were willing to purchase and collect At a much higher price Now it seems like a headache Even though it's technically half the price You can explain to them That they're going to own this All the benefits of having the blockchain And so forth However, it's still very intimidating Now, thankfully, through the bear market A lot of platforms have been coming on Using email and password Having that front end Where people could pay with their credit card And not really understand what's going on as far as the whole blockchain aspect of things. Marketplaces like Creatorhood that accepts payment in a ridiculous amount of currencies and so many others. Each of them, of course, having their own benefits and audience. But let's be honest, the people that are hiding the blockchain aspect, the wallets and the crypto and all that stuff, the best are most successful at onboarding people from Web2. We are here because we understand the value of the blockchain, we wanna own this stuff, we are gung-ho about all the utility, things that can be in the space, but the vast majority of people coming from Web2 do not care about that. All they care about is the experience. For the most part, people care more about the user interface just getting on there, enjoying their experience, in and out very quickly. They don't want to take the time to read labels, warnings, disclaimers, or anything of that nature. So for example, when's the last time you read a privacy notice or you read the terms of service when you're getting ready to even put in your credit card information on a particular website? Most people just don't do it. They just assume, hey, whatever, this is how it is. We'll just click this and we'll just make a claim with our credit card company. Worst case scenario, we're not going to read anything, right? That is how most people think. So take away that credit card, that whole central complaint department, if you will, and then put all these different aspects and elements in there. Things get really sketchy and complicated. And it is that assurance of that Web2 buyer coming in. It's kind of awkward and kind of weird. However, we do know that businesses that are looking at the future, really understanding what's going on here. They want to embrace NFTs, blockchain technology and all of these different things. But at the same time, they still want to offer their fiat on ramps and their options to pay in local currencies and so forth. And one of the things that's just very interesting is how this stuff is getting integrating and built into businesses in ways that seemed like a dream, something that was like out of the Jetsons even two years ago. And one of the more interesting things that I've been exploring this week. And I'm just going to share it with you because I'm definitely going to do future episodes about this and I'm going down this rabbit hole. But if you want to get a head start on whatever it is I'm going to share about this, check out Perks Token Gated Commerce. I'll leave the information to this in the show notes, but it is at Get Perks, P E R C S S on X. Now, the reason why I'm going to mention this is I think it is just absolutely cool how they're bridging Shopify stores, using integrating NFTs, the blockchain technology, all of these different things into a shopping experience. So the question is, why on earth would any business even be interested in this? Why would they want to go through all these hoops? Shopify works perfectly fine as it is. Who cares? Okay. So if you're listening to this, you're probably not in need of much convincing. I'll keep it very surface level and you can dive down this rabbit hole on your own. But what they're doing to integrate various things, even apps, to add utility to various shopping experiences, I think is very cool. Just last week, I was on a strategy call discussing how could we possibly better use POAPs because for the most part, i expected people would have done more things with it. The companies that were issuing it, it's like they had a head start as far as issuing this to various people and just doing really cool things, but what exactly is being done with it? It is not being used to its full potential because I saw so much on the table and it just really hasn't lived up to it. But something like this now, you have your POAP, you have your NFT, or you have your ticket for a physical event, whatever it might be, you can do these timed mints, You can do shopping experiences. So for example, someone shows up to a live event, they get a POAP, they are then able to open up this 24-hour period where they can have some sort of souvenir that's directly tied to that event or whatever it is, and it ties directly into Shopify. Shopify, of course, great with distributing, selling things, and shipping things all over the world. So the e-commerce side is there, and it's going to then bridge with all the wallet things and the various aspects of blockchain technology that we love, And it's just very interesting that even the smallest creators can actually use things like this to start to put things together. So stepping back to the original thing. These companies that say they embrace Web3 technology, say they're gung-ho on the blockchain, whether it's NFTs, cryptocurrencies, all of this stuff, they say they see this as being the future. Yet they're hardly accepting any crypto. They're hardly dabbling in the space and they're hardly integrating these things into their business. Why is that? Truly, I think it is kind of obvious, but I hear a lot of people say it all the time in spaces, not understanding why these people are using a particular announcement just for the headlines to be embraced by the crypto community. Well, I don't think that's really it. I think they embrace this technology. They see the future in crypto, blockchain and all this, but until it becomes extremely easy for the user and it just makes sense, they don't have to explain all this stuff. They're a little hesitant. You can endorse something before it, but not necessarily using it. For example, just going really out there. Let's just say I saw a particular product that really had some health benefits to the female anatomy. My sister is in the medical field. I could tell my wife, hey, you know, she said to go check this out, right? So, <laughs> somebody standing on the outside was like, well, why would he even mention that? He's not using the product. See, it, it seems really ridiculous right there because I just went to the absolute extreme for an example. But when these companies are saying, yes, we embrace blockchain technology, we see the value in this, we know that this is the future and so forth, and they're not using it, I don't think they're being hypocritical. I don't think they're just trying to get in the news cycle, hop on the wave of the next Twitter space, if you will. I mean, they have bigger fish to fry. But what I do think is that they can see the value in it, appreciate it, but they're not in a place right now where they think the technology is close enough to the consumer for them to actually really integrate it into their business. Now, smaller companies, upstarts, if you will, have a lot more runway because we see areas where we can grab the land while the big companies are slow to move. And the, one of the best examples I could say of this being slow to move and then just gobbling it up when the market share is there is Apple. Look at every single category that they've ever entered. They were never first in there. People like to say, oh, they were the first computer. No, they really weren't, if you do the research. Oh, they were the first to offer the mouse and a graphical interface that just invited the users. Nah, no, technically they weren't. They took that from Xerox because they discarded it. Yes, Xerox, the photocopy company. Well, they invented the smartphone. No, they didn't. Do you remember Palm Pilots? Windows phones? Blackberries? Ha, tablets. They dominate that market. Yeah, they dominate the market, but they were elate to it. Tablets were pretty much 20 years old by the time the iPad came around, and it was just a stretched-out iPhone when it was released. Which, by the way, I got the first iPad using a promotion on MySpace, just throwing some throwback technology there at you. That was back in the day when you'd sign up for Blockbuster mailers and... Netflix and various CDs in the mail and all these different things. You spend about $50 and as a reward for signing up for all that stuff, you end up getting a free iPad. But here, that is neither here nor there. I'm just telling you that this technology is not really something invented by Apple and I'm old enough to be there for when they actually came out. Just most people don't really remember that. The smartwatch, nothing new. If you want to see something crazy, look up the MSN watch from the 90s. You can check the weather and do all sorts of different things. Exactly the tech that was in it. I don't know if they're using radio signals or what, but they had an MSN watch, which was Microsoft driven. And you could check all these different things, stock prices and quotes and various things. And it was right up until the mid 2000s. Uh, No one bought it, but they supported the service for about 10 years. They just released the Apple Vision Pro. VR has been around for forever. I remember back in the day, even playing the Nintendo Virtual Boy, that was a god-awful experience. And of course, that system didn't go anywhere. You could only play by yourself. It was only red and it gave most people a headache. However, regardless, they're calling it spatial computing and all of these different things. And of course, they're amplifying it to make it seem like there's no competition with anything else. We're inventing a new space and that's what they do. But they really don't, hop into anything first. They get there when other companies have been the test dummies, they've taken the L's, they have spent a decade or so losing money, making the consumers aware of what is going on there. And then Apple comes in when they say, okay, the pie is big enough, we can make a couple billion dollars and move our bottom line, make it look good for our investors. Now we'll come in. So said all of that to say this, something like this perks token gated commerce might seem like a gimmick today. However, as we grow closer to bridging that Web3 native person with the reluctant, slow adoption Web2 user, things like this will just be commonplace. But love to hear your thoughts on that. Of course, I'll be leaving the links to a bunch of things that I mentioned during this episode in the show notes. But if there's anything that really struck a chord with you, maybe you have some questions, comments, concerns, or want me to go explore something else, please let me know. Just as I open up this episode, share it with me at TropicVibes on X or using the contact information in the show notes. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.